0: Welcome to Get Rich Without Being a Bitch. This is the place to hear real and raw conversations about what it takes for female entrepreneurs to achieve financial success and live a rich life. I'm Vanessa Shaw, author of The Million Dollar Question and your hostess for this podcast. Welcome to our latest edition of the podcast, Get Rich Without Being a Bitch. And today's guest... Already giggling at that title is Jennifer Urezio. Did I say that right, Jennifer?
1: You said it perfectly. You said it the correct way. We say Urezio in my family, but it's wrong.
0: Okay. God, I mean, I just, as I said it, I was like, oh my gosh, am I actually saying that right? But, you know, my European roots helped with that. Totally. Um, Jennifer is a master intuitive and the founder of Soul Language. And she's primarily working with a group of entrepreneurs that, you know, refer to themselves as spiritual renegades in the sense that they're just not going to be doing business the way everybody else is doing it. So I want to dive into that later. before we go there, and I know you've got a beautiful body of work that you are, you know, working with your own clients around and particularly around the kind of relational aspects of money, which is a subject that's very near and dear to my own heart, Jennifer, because I listen, we're in relationship with everything in the world, right? I mean, it's not just money. I mean, we're in relationship with other people, with our businesses, you know, with with our health, with our with our habits. I love the concept that we've got this relationship with money because therefore I believe it's something that we can look at and adjust and shift. And you've got some very powerful work that you do that we're going to be like coming into because I think our listeners are going to love that. However, what I'd love to know is kind of the backstory because I think most of us don't get into this work just because it's interesting, right? It's like we've we've learned some really important lessons and often painful lessons along the way. And we kind of we want to take that so we can help other people on the path. So just bring us up to speed a little bit about your backstory and your own relationship with money growing up.
1: Yeah. So all relationships are internal whether it's a relationship with money relationship with your health or relationship with your mate right you're putting into it your level of consciousness which really means your level of wholeness and completeness so uh i wasn't whole i believed i wasn't whole and complete for uh, most of my life and it showed up also in my money now i didn't have any problems uh you know Getting money or the words money out of my mouth of how much I want it. What I had problems with was keeping it or squirreling it away or feeling like it would abandon me. And these are all mommy and daddy issues, right? I love my parents, but they did the best they can and they had their heritage. And I was born to two individuals that were bankers. So I would frequently work out my crap by yelling at bank tellers, right? I would. Those poor, you know, those poor bank tellers. Those poor I like to go up and, up and apologize to all the ones I was. You know, that warrior nature of having to fight for what I wanted and what I needed. You know, I believed, like I believed in every aspect of my life, that I would be abandoned, that I was not good enough, that no matter how hard I try, I was never going to receive what I wanted, that I had to make war to get anything I wanted. And that, you know, I was. In the smallest of terms and the biggest of terms, unlovable. Now, my parents were great parents, and I know all clients say that, but my parents were great parents, right? They did their best, and yet they had their sneaky little ways. I remember being in the grocery store once, and my mother—I was debating. I was young; I was in my twenties, and uh, I was in my first apartment alone because uh, I had roommates up until then. And I was debating on whether to get Entenmann's cakes. My mom's like. Jennifer, buy the cake because no one's going to buy anything for you, but you. And I know what she meant in Mm. reality, but that's not how it felt. It felt like, oh my God, no one is ever going to take care of me. Mm. And that meant money as well, because I was putting, no one's ever going to take care of me, including my relationship with divinity and money, which is just a form of divinity in itself. And I had a really... I had to really work that one out. And that always showed up in this kind of non-receiving. And I'll tell you a very funny story because it just happened a couple of months ago. Last October, I broke my ankle, okay? Now, I have a broken ankle. It's October, I have a dog. It's nine o'clock at night and I'm downstairs walking the dog with my broken leg in a boot. And my landlord comes out and goes, Jennifer, why didn't you ask? I would have walked the dog. Mm. And, I, and I was like, I just can't ask. I I don't know. I, I couldn't ask for help. And he goes, but you can always ask me for help. And he goes, and Jennifer, why are you not wearing a shoe? It's October, right? I had worked myself in such a lather about not being able to ask for help for being very strong, very independent, which was my mother, right? Yeah. And, and she had to be right. She was a a single mom. Um, She was very far, like 45 minutes, which is, you know, forever when you're, you know, 23 or 24 from her parents. Right. And so she had to push through a lot of stuff to support her family. So I grew up fiercely independent that doesn't always work when you're asking to receive, right? You have Mm -hmm. to be safe to be vulnerable. So that was a big, huge additional learning for me lately. So that's kind of some of the backstory of Jed and how I got here. And Listen, I'm very well aware, the more I know, the less I know. And I know that in order to receive more, I've got to let go of those parts of me that are in conflict with that. And that takes internal tools and it takes practice and it takes awareness and it takes support. So I, my mission is all about connecting and not uh, being free of struggle. So I know that I'm great at building content and that I get to be less judgmental with myself when I'm in that resistance of receiving. Yeah it's
0: so interesting isn't it and and it's and it's all so linked as you say it's like we've got to understand like yeah where do we inherit these patterns from in the first place um you know I had two very different parents one that spent it all one that was super frugal (laughs) a a lot of stress right my mother was the frugal one my father was the one just you know it would just come in and, and disappear and she had four kids right she had to be frugal she had four kids that she had to take care of and she wasn't earning money right this was back in the days when women weren't working and everything so she was very dependent on like my dad's paycheck Um, and so I witnessed just a lot of stress around money and I can see where you know I can bounce between the two right you know I kind of inherited the I I saw the stress that my mother had around money and you know my story was I don't want to be like that but it for many years that pushed me the other way right? It's like, oftentimes we just go to an extreme, right? It's like, I don't want to be like that. So we go the other way. And it really wasn't in a healthy, integrated place, because there's yeah. so many good things in there. Um, and then, you know, with, with my father as well, it's kind of like, well, I don't want to go like that way either. right? So, you know, we can find ourselves bouncing around in the middle until we really find like around who do we want to be, right? Like, in that relationship with money, and I love what you said, it's like the internal tools of, receiving because that to this day i mean a game changer. <laughs> it's a game changer it's a it really is a game changer and honestly it's something i'm constantly working on as well
1: you have um, to because your constantly. soul is right it's always saying more 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 and so you have to kind of you know be aware of where you're holding yourself back if you are a vessel of receiving you have to figure out where that vessel is either leaking or not willing to, you know, be be filled. And so it's always kind of a a game. And I think it's really important to understand that it's a game and it's not life and death. Because Mm. so often we make all of this life and death and it's really not. It's a game. It's about choices. It's about you know, what do you want to, what place do you want to come from? Do you want to come from pain or programming, or do you want to come from a place of wholeness and completeness? And Vanessa, some days I'm great at that wholeness and completeness. And some days I am just not good at it. And that's okay. I think people who are in or transforming or want to make a difference and want to have a different life, always feel like they have to be picture perfect about everything. Yes,
0: yes, yes, yes. Yeah.
1: It's not going to happen
0: we've got to, we've got to acknowledge our humanity in this. Yes. Right. And as you said, it's like, and I love the idea of that this is a it is a game because for me that brings some lightness to it. So we're not overly serious and kind of like get into this navel gazing right around it and then, and never get out of it. And it's interesting just kind of stories, you know, on the receiving side um, my story around money, which I've shared on the podcast and kind of it filters through the podcast here, but I, you know, definitely great at generating it, not so good at keeping it, right? So spending it was, that was, you know, obviously my father was, that side of the relationship was showing up, but I was better at most, or let's see, the role models I had in terms of generating it. And so for me, that actually, that keeping it was a real lesson in receiving, Right. It's like because I, I didn't realize that I wasn't receiving it. It was just kind of passing through me and my bank account rather rapidly. And it was being more comfortable with, yeah, higher levels of dollars in the bank account. Right. It's like that's that is a level of receiving. And just recently, I want to share it kind of like as you're sparking stories. Somebody that might be listening to this, and you kind of think, yeah, I'm not so good about asking for help, um, right? These, these are great places to start in terms of just how can we just receive from other people? We don't always have to be brave in terms of, hey, I've got a broken ankle and I'm just muscling through here right with one shoe on and it's possibly snow and ice outside wherever you live. It's right October time yeah. could be.
1: Very snowy, very icy. Yeah. I, I imagine it's like when you
0: tell the story. I'm like, oh my lord, right? She's you know muscling through so much on this. She's forgotten the shoe. She's you know possibly your landlord is even thinking it'd be nice if you weren't stomping around the place with the boot on. Right? And I could, I could, I could help you. And there's there's that. I think sometimes we see it, a as a sign of weakness, right? To to ask for help, depending on our upbringing. My mother as well was very stoic, right? And like would do things, you know, that Britishness. And so there was definitely that side of, it's a bit of a sign of weakness to admit that you even need or want help. And one of the things that I discovered along that journey is that when somebody else is offering help and assistance, and really from a genuinely place, like clearly your landlord was, when we say no to it and we kind of stop that flow, Like we're robbing them of the gift of
1: giving. And here's the thing. If you're doing all this giving, who's doing all the receiving, right? Right. And, And you have to understand the balance of that giving and receiving circle, right? If it's out of balance, your energy is going to be wonky. And so it's going to be like the old cartoon ricochet rabbit where it's like bing, 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 bing. And you're going to be creating based on this, Stiff arming the universe, no, 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 I got everything I need, really? Because you're in the snow with no shoe. do you really have everything you need, Jen right yeah. it's you know i I tell this story about being in the post office, and this woman has a baby carriage with you know three babies, right and all the packages are on top of it, and she goes to open that heavy post office door. you know how heavy those doors are and I'm like, can I help you? She's like, no, no, no I got it and I was like No, you really don't. Like, let me help you. And, you know, it becomes this really beautiful exchange if you allow to step in yourself into that exchange. And that stepping in is really about consciousness. You know, if you pause and go, okay, if I knew I was whole and complete, what would I say? What would I do here? We would make a lot of different decisions, Mm and that the energy of the world would flow in a lot easier lot graceful pace but we're all kind of in our own heads in our weird secret programming agendas that we don't take enough time to go if i knew i was whole and complete what would i say what would i do here mm-hmm. and that will really change your game if you do that one little exercise
0: yeah i love that sometimes that those questions right to prompt us back right prompt us back to whatever the language is to yeah. our to our greatness to our wholeness to the, the highest expression of ourselves. I, I love those questions for that because as you say we can quickly see that we're off notice that we're off track but we don't always have the tools to get ourselves back I want to switch here I mean we're kind of going from you know this whole notion of giving and receiving um, and the relationships that we've had inherited from our parents and around money and then Okay, so we get to this place, and this is a lot of the work that I know that you do with your clients. And we might discover, as I did, that actually my relationship with money was pretty dysfunctional, right? It was not it was not a healthy one. And it was one of, for me, I'll explain, you know, mine was, frankly, love-hate, I would describe it as, right? Kind of loved it when the money was in, hated it when I didn't understand it, hated it when I had money stress. I certainly hadn't, like, we've gone through, you know, periods of massive debt, like really a lot of debt a long time ago. And then that whole money being a mystery, it felt like it was a mystery to me back then. So it pushed me into this love-hate relationship. And, and I know I say very dis, you know dysfunctional. Um, if anything, triggering like my inner child, right? The the I call it like the inner five year old that starts to run the show because I just didn't understand where I was coming from. Tell us about how you help people, lead people through like healing that part of us because there can be such a lot of shame. I mean, I know I experienced that. Like shame and embarrassment and guilt. And that's easily like a whole tunnel that we can go down yeah. if we're not careful. So lead us through how we start to just navigate that and actually heal that part of us.
1: Yeah, you know, the thing with you know, our relationship with money, it's really a reflection of how we feel about divinity and in a sense, how we feel about our essential nature, right? So when you heal that relationship, you heal everything. Um, In soul language, when we identify a person's soul languages, which you have three, we then work with the inner child to reparent that through that energy. But some really simple little and profound uh, exercises are you want to sit down and you want to look at your inner child, need any eye to eye in your mind's eye. And you want to really have that conversation about when you get money, what do you feel and what do you do and why? I remember I would get money and there was a pattern of I would get money and I would be waiting for the pain because when I was three, I got a new shiny penny and I went to show my mother the penny and I fell and I hit the corner of the door and I had 11 stitches. Oh, so yeah. money. Pain, Pain, right? And the moment I realized, you know, in conversation with my little girl, oh, but that's not what money really is. And she went, oh. I was like, that was just a, that was just an accident. That was just a mistake. That was just something that happened. We, let me tell you what money is. Truly, money is, right. There was no longer waiting for that money and that pain. So you want to really sit down and have that conversation with that little person inside of you and really talk from a loving parental perspective. And then you want to go, okay, so you tell me little one, how do we nurture you having a better relationship with yourself, me and money and ask that person, that little tiny kid inside of you, what they need, because they will answer. And then your job is to nurture it. You also need to notice and be aware in the present moment. So when you get money, you have to pause and check in. And I always tell clients, okay, you want to see yourself on a train platform. Okay. Do you want to get on the train to paint and programming, which is fine. So, okay, it's acceptable. I have houses there. I'm the mayor. I'm, I have condos. It's okay. Or do you want to make a better choice? Right. And the better choice is thank you. I'm grateful. Wow. Isn't this cool? Yes. Can I have more? Right. So, and listen, you don't want to do all your money tools or all of your expansion tools at once. Pick a tool, work with it for a while. And then work on another tool. If you try to do it, listen, I'm action-oriented. I'm warrior nature. I know I get, I want to get it done. I'm a steel marshmallow, right? Hard on the outside, fluffy on the inside, right? (laughs)
0: Love that steel marshmallow.
1: (laughs) Right? Right? You want to get it all done. You can't. You're going to stress yourself out. And here's the thing around shame. Shame is the lowest vibration there is. You actually require support to energetically move from shame to the next level. There's not enough life force around that subject for you to do it alone. And I think most people go, oh, I'm so shameful. I'll just read a book and do this alone. Yes. Right? And that's actually not benefiting you. You actually get to be witnessed and someone go, oh, I hear you. And I love you anyway, because that's Mm. what everyone's afraid of.
0: I love that. I, I want to actually really pause there because there's something you said that is so profound around this. Um, and listen, for our audience, whoever's listening in, right, you might be hearing this for the first time, like, oh, my gosh, like, this feels like psychotherapy. And we're going back. And, like, little child, my, like, I never thought about that before, right? But the, the truth is, the reality is we've all had experiences that were at some level traumatic, right, And whether it's traumatic little T or big T, right? There's a a whole range of things there, but where we lock in an association, right? And that's what you're saying there is that whole, the shiny penny, I'm sure you were so proud and so excited at the time. Like, look, you can just, I can see, right? The little girl that would be like, oh my gosh, look what I've got, right? And it feels, wouldn't it have been something that you would have had before? So it would have felt like a, like you had a big diamond in your hand, and then, right in that moment, as you say, fall, crack your head open, and now you've got a you know a doctor, hospital experience with stitches, which is right. not very good. And so we all get that place where we have those things locked in. What we have to understand is they really do get locked in energetically and emotionally, and a lot of that is we are v- largely unaware of. Right. And that's where I've shared some of my stories before. That's where we don't realise as you say like my inner five year old was still running the show because i really wasn't aware of like where that all stemmed from but then it meant that i could actually just at least start to recognize and have the awareness and the awareness gave me more choice
1: yeah once you put words to it it's not it doesn't hold any power and and the thing about trauma whether it's little t as you say or big t when you experience trauma there's and even when you experience goodness You hold your breath for a second, and that sets up an energetic pattern in your system and in your cells. When you have trauma, also the trauma response for humans is to go very small, very quiet, fade into the background. So if you've had trauma or your heart's been broken around money, anytime money comes up, your instinct to be safe is to go very small, Mm. very hidden which means you won't utilize your voice. You'll act on pattern, right? You'll be consumed by this feeling of of non-safety. And all of those energetic and physical um, patterns can be reorganized, released, and created a new pattern for your sustainability. Because the truth is, all of that is just experience. It's not who you are on a core level. And people take it because it's an experience as their essential nature, as who they are. Totally,
0: totally. I, I love this conversation. It's so important. The piece I want to link with is the other piece that you said around this, which is around shame. Because, right, as you said, whatever that is, right, the trauma, little T or big T, whatever it is, and sometimes it can feel like, you know, the the, the silliest of things, you know. I have clients that, you know, often coming, it's like the confession. like, oh my gosh, Vanessa, I hate asking this question. I really don't know how to do this. I feel like I should, I I can hear all the shoulding and the shame, right? And it's like, if we don't get those conversations out under the spotlight, we remain present to them. And I loved what you said there is like from an energetic standpoint, and I think we, you know, even people that are like not thinking energetically, right? They're They're not used to that language in that world. Is that when we are feeling shame, it's like, as you said, like feel into what that feels like, what the felt experience is for you. And it's back to, as you said, being small, right? Really wanting to contract. We want to hide. We don't, we want to keep it a secret. Like we, this is not something we want to share. And that energy is incredibly difficult to dig out of or up level on our own, because the one thing that keeps shame in place is secrecy. Silence. So it's the silence, right? It's the silence and the secrecy is the very thing that keeps it in place. Um, so I think that that's just so important, Jen. That we really. So I love this podcast, right? It's like we've got to normalize these conversations and have more of them, so that we realise that our shame, you know, is not just ours and it's unique. There's, you know, there's a there's a human, you know, human humanness to it. Yeah. And there are also things as well, like societally, that will keep it in place.
1: Yeah. You know, there's there's nothing unique about our pain or our shame. What is truly unique about us is, is our connection, is how we view who we are on a, a deep level. Pain and suffering is kind of universally across the board the same. The details might be different. And yeah. that's not to say, you know, poo-poo anyone's... You know, suffering. What I'm really saying is, uh, it's universal. Like, you're not alone. And I think so often people don't want to talk about what's going on in their head or their programming because they don't want to feel like I must be the only one. Like, mm-hmm. this must just be my experience. And when you have those conversations, what you realize is, is you're not alone. And if you're not alone in that, then you're not alone in a lot of other things. And then you can also start to receive more and more support, including money support from the world, because now you're not isolating yourself.
0: Yeah, absolutely. No, so important. So we were going to kind of going off on some tangents here. We were talking about, you know, as you say, nurturing the little person inside of us and really understanding what they need. What else do we need to do in terms of just healing that relationship where we've got, you know, some money wounds that are running deep?
1: Yeah, I think a lot of money programs don't work because they're trying to, create based on heartbreak. So heartbreak shows up in any bankruptcy, any large debt. Uh, It could be betrayal amount money, uh, whether that's you actually having experience or a family betrayal. It could look like you had everything and then you didn't have anything. Um, So there's a bunch of heartbreak situations. But we all know that when we try to go on a date, after having a heart, heart heartbroken, we're like a wet sponge, right? There's no interaction Mm. and we're constantly comparing or licking our wounds. So when you try to do a money program and you have heartbreak, what you're doing is you're trying to create on a foundation that's cracked. Mm. So one of the things uh, I created a, a program called coming back after money broke your heart with Jennifer Bloom who's freaking amazing. Um, And, you know, one of the things that we work on is, okay, so how can you be in the energy of the solution of healing the heartbreak? So often we keep asking the same questions and those questions are like, how can I have more money? How can I be more profitable? Uh, That hasn't worked up until this point. Let's ask a new question. Like, how can I heal the heartbreak? How can I know that money's my friend? Mm. Show me how I'm really good with money at times. Show me where I'm accurate or right when it comes to money. Show me where I have no fear when it comes to money. Because all of that is where you can bring that knowledge into here and now, right? You want to make sure that you're not repeating your patterns time and time again, right? So. You want to be aware. So, before you actually have to talk about money, you want to really understand what's happening with your heart. Because we've all had that moment where our heart was broken. We actually, like, oh my God, this is what they mean. Like, Mm -hmm. it actually feels broken, right?
0: It is painful. Yeah. Right.
1: So, you want to tune in and just go, okay, heart, tell me what you think about money, how you feel about it, what does it look like, right? And then you want to start to go, okay, heart, show me what it looks like when you're healed around money, right? And then you can kind of set the stage. So whenever you have to talk about money, you're just going to tune in and go, okay, we're going to activate our healed heart. And we're going to talk from it from that place. Mm -hmm. We're going to do about that place. One of the tangible tools that I tell people is like, okay, we're going to get out all of our little money things and we're going to look at it all right? I want you to not really understand what you owe, what you don't know, what you're paying, what you've been hiding away. And we're going to start to clear it all up because all of that is energy leaks, right? And all of that is I'm going to shove it under the carpet because it's bringing me too much pain. Yes. And the key to do that is you want to keep activating safety in your body. And that's simple by utilizing your body. So it looks like divine intelligence, fill me with the feeling and knowing that I'm safe. And you do it a hundred times as you're looking at your money situation, right? This is not, when you look at your money, this is not who you are. Yeah. This is just based on choices. Yeah. So
0: important. This is so important. And I love that approach, right? It's just, it's it's a gentler approach, right? <laughs> It's an emotional approach as well and a somatic approach to an emotional issue because as you say, the whole, yeah, I mean, we ask those questions that right, we like the the rational, the profitable, and all the rest of it, but that's that's only activating one level of intelligence. Yeah. And we can't solve an emotional problem, right, at that cognitive level. Right um and I love Gem what you said there again this is this is such an important message because again it goes back into that shame I think spiral for so many women my you know myself included that's been in the past is this is not who I am right right we quickly <laughs> kind of blackwash right ourselves with it don't we it's like oh my gosh like I made all of like I you know I made all of those messes. I'm not good with money. Da 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 da. da. And then it's this direct link into our own self worth of you know like I am a bad person,
1: right? Because of there that. there's something must be wrong with me. Something's I need be to be fixed. Yeah. Right. If 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 you look at at money for a moment as as a relationship, right? Because it is. But if you look at it and really take the time to really sit down and go, okay, money, what are, what is my money outlook saying about how I think and how I feel? Right. Because I can change that, which will change the external. But so often people try to change the external without changing the internal. And then they have a little transformation, but they don't do transcendence. It doesn't stick mm. because they're still operating based on that heartbreak or based on that lack. Yes. Right. And, and so And all of this, you gotta you gotta treat yourself with love and respect, and go, huh? So my best friend uh, has a kid, and when he was, I think maybe he was seven, he went to this party, and this kid was like on him, and after like five times, (laughs) Eric went, "I'm gonna go all WWE on you if you don't behave," right? So in the ride home, his mom looks at him and goes, and he goes. I could have done that better. And that's the outlook we need. I could have done that better, right? Yeah. No shame in that. I could have done that better. How can I do this better? Yeah. How can I use what's inside of me, which is whole and complete, to create better? You've just been off the mark. That's all you need to understand. You're off the mark. Yeah. And I think another you know, reason is people are like, they have this moving target when it comes to money. And, you know, they don't have a big why around money. Like, why, what is money equal to you? So Mm -hmm. for me, money always equals freedom. Okay, so if I want more money, then I have to feel free no matter what's going on, right? And really keep being in that. And then money will be attracted to that because I'm at that same vibration. Really understand why you want money. I mean, besides eating and food and all of that and rent and blah, blah, blah. But- what do you want money to kind of collaborate to do for you yeah how is it
0: what i'm hearing there jen as you said it's like the it's like the emotional right once you have again this is this is connecting in right at the emotional level and we listen we talk about money wine everything like what are you going to use it for right it's like money needs clarity but you're going at this level of the emotional level so that you are actually aligned with the outcome that you want to achieve, right? So it's back to, if you want, if money signifies that sense of freedom, how do you actually start to create a sense of freedom for yourself now in the absence of like the real dollars in the bank account so that you're kind of energetically aligned with actually bringing it into your world?
1: Yeah, and I think so often, You know, when I'm talking about the relationship with divinity, because connection, because that's my mission, I go, okay, so how are you treating this God goo, universal Bob, God cupcake, whatever you want to call it? How are you treating it? Are you treating it like the white knight in shining armor? Are you treating it like Santa Claus, the naughty or nice list? Like, how are you treating it? Because that's how you treat money as well, Mm -hmm. right? And really going, huh, because I used to treat it like the white knight in shining armor. Like- money's here to save the day. And I would put myself in these crazy situations and it would always save the day, but that's super stressful, right? So, you know, I had to have that healing of that heartbreak so it could be continuously flow. And if there are dips in the business, I still know I'm safe, Mm. right? I think money, people associate money with safety and security all the time. And That's just an illusion that we've created based on the society that we live in, right? So, if we were trading in goats, we'd be having the same conversation about goats. Mm -hmm. So, how can you again activate that feeling, that consciousness of safety internally, so you can put that into your relationship with money rather than the lack or this push pull, this making more with it that we normally do? Yeah.
0: So good, Jen. Oh my gosh. I could, I could chat to you all day about this. You know, obviously one of my, one of my favorite, favorite topics to talk about. Um, we do need to kind of put a bow on this for today, kind of like tie it up in an, in a neat knot. What would be like a third area that somebody really should be looking at in terms of healing, you know, that money relationship after heartbreak?
1: I think that they really want to look at how they feel about love. So often love and money are tied together in this weird, icky, sticky way, right? You know, people have utilized money to, here, I'll I'll show you a big gift. I'll show you I love you, right? So we really want to separate that and we want to understand that we're loved and supported no matter what and really understand the role of money in our lives instead of it mis- mixing it into this kind of um codependent relationships that we have so often you know really sit down and, and have a conversation with you how do I view money and love how are they linked if if they are linked and why is that so and then you know go okay so how do I start to unravel that right? The one of the things that you want to start to unravel that is really to show and nurture yourself completely with love rather than having it all mixed up. So start small, right? Start Mm -hmm. looking in the mirror, which is Louise Hay, which is the hardest thing to do is to look in the mirror, look at your eyes and tell you, you love, you love yourself. I love you. Right? It's one of the hardest things to do. People always turn away until you practice it. And then you're like, Hey, I love you. Start there. That's the easiest thing to do and most profound thing to do to start to unravel the love and money thing.
0: Yeah. Um, I, you know what, we might have to do a whole other episode on this. Cause I think I, I agree. The love and money piece is massive. That was a huge part of my experience as well. Um, And at a pretty young age, again, I think I've shared this on one of my earlier podcasts, you know, my parents divorced and then my father stopped paying the maintenance money that he was supposed to pay for me and my younger brother. And that, you know, that for me, I I just couldn't understand it, you know, and for me that directly meant like you're withdrawing money, you don't love me, right? And it was just those, you know... And I wasn't, you know, old enough to see that this was a, you know, a power battle with my mother and this was more about them. And, it you know, that's how I received that. And then later on, interestingly enough, kind of how that translated when I got married and was wanting to build my own business was I didn't realize that unconsciously I was carrying, a, you know, an old programming was I could be successful in love or in business, like, you know, career, I couldn't have both.
1: A lot of women have that one. A lot of women, yes. you know, and I think that that's ingrained, you know, for, for millennium of, you know, the power struggles between, you know, male and female and providing and receiving and, you know, what role you're going to take on in uh, the community. Right. That, I mean, it's a huge topic and, you know, just start, there's a the dog, just start to notice where, you know, that feels icky and sticky. Uh, you know, a lot of people will notice, well, it, you know, uh, I, I I don't want to see this dollar amount because, you know, I, I, I want them to like me and I'm afraid they don't like me, or I don't know if they can afford that. And uh, you're having their journey for them. Like, yeah, uh, yeah, what, yeah what, right. what's going on, right? That's about love. Mm. And that's also, if you're empathic, that's also about all of the stuff that you witnessed or ingested growing up around love and money as well. And that has to be released too. Yeah.
0: I think we're going to, again, we're going to pause there because I think that is just, you know, it is most definitely a place for noticing. And as I say, for women, and we could most definitely dive in. I think we've got to have you back at some point, Jen, and dive into that one because it is, I know it was a huge part of my journey, something I continue to study and look at, and it's it is a huge part of that conversation for women, uh, the love and money piece. And I want to live in a world where we're, we're transforming that. And it's the end end, and it's not the either or. So love it. Oh my gosh, this was just yummy and delicious and so good and thought provoking. Um, just a last piece of a nugget that you would leave with our audience, there. There was one gem that you wanted to share in parting, what would it be?
1: Yeah, Um, I I always tell my clients, if you knew you were whole and complete, what would you say? What would you do? What would you express in every situation? That's the come to place you want to try. That's the consciousness you want to be. If you do that one little thing, you're golden.
0: Love that! I'm going to make sure as well. We'll get you know, we'll get your contact details and everything in the show notes, so people, you know, you want to look at Jen's work and really look at healing your own relationship there with money, you know, and just know that she is a, you know, very masterful around this. Jen, from my heart to yours, thank you for joining me today on the podcast.
1: Thank you. It's an honor, and I'm so excited to have been here. So thank you. It was so much fun.
0: Always right.